today is about fathers. And when I looked at this, I really got some new revelation for myself. Uh, at the end of this, uh, we're going to have a, a ministry time for a purpose. For you to step into a new realm, usually it means a new image, a new way you see yourself. And you can get instruction, but there's something that needs to be imparted. First, you need to receive a healing. That if you're missing your father, if you didn't have a father, there needs to be a healing that comes to you. And then, not to just... This isn't just a place that's a hospital. You know, people come to church, they're, oh, I'm so wounded, I'm so wounded. Usually you come to church to get wounded, but <laughs> you know what? The church, at least this church, I, we want you to come in and receive a healing, but you need to be launched and go out and heal. It is our place. If we're going to walk into, in, the, in the spirit of Christ, is the church goes out there. It happens, the stuff happens out there. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. This is Paul. He goes, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. These are Powerful words, but I, I, let's just lay this down. It, if you're a teacher, that's fantastic. Some people are just have a teacher spirit, and the church needs teachers. We need teachers. And today, I mean, uh, teachers are glorified. I mean, you go on YouTube, and you have a teacher. Uh, you can learn so much. Some of the greatest churches in America are, are drawn to very powerful teachers. But the problem is, because of the lack of good natural fathering, I think there's something that can easily get missed in the church. Paul here is not saying that being a teacher is bad. Being a teacher is great. Being a, a very good teacher is great. But it's not a father. A father can teach, but a teacher doesn't mean they can father. Paul's pointing out that, you know what, you have tens, tens of thousands. And it's it, interesting, it said, it, in, in Acts of Scripture, it says, if you had, if, if you had past tense. See, teachers can be past tense. A father's present tense. You had a present, present tense. Even if, you're, if your spiritual father or father passes away, not in here. Not in here. A teacher's past tense, a father does something. His teaching always stays present tense. 
I know Pastor Peter, if you've been seeing him on our website, if you go to Facebook, he says, you know, lessons from my father. That's not past tense. He's still living that lesson. It's alive. That's alive. And, and that is, is the spirit of a father over a teacher. It's interesting that Paul points out, he says, I, you can have 10,000 of those things, but somewhere along the line, the church needs fathers. I wrote down the difference between teachers and fathers. Now, remember, there's nothing wrong with being a teacher. It's a great thing to be. And they've grown great things in the kingdom of God, great churches. But when you, I went through the scripture just to look at that. What are the differences that Paul is drawing between the differences? And he just says, you know what? When the church loses its fathers, it's going to lose something that's crucial. Just absolutely crucial. First of all, a teacher's first concerns are are whether his facts and the answers are correct. That's the spirit of a teacher. It's factual. You're a good teacher. Are you a good teacher if you what you're saying is not factual, can be disproved? No, you're not a good teacher. So a teacher's number one concern, and it's in him. I've got to be right. The facts have got to be there. If I'm going to be good at what I'm doing, the difference in... You know, and that, that's why it's so popular. People want to be correct. So we watch our YouTube. You know, we just lost a great teacher, mentor, and Ravi Zacharias uh, last month. I mean, just an incredible gift uh, that he developed. The Lord gave him, but he, he developed it. So there's the teachers. Here's a father. A father's first concerns are emotional health, then instruction. There's no place where you go, you know, in, in your, it, it's a rare thing. If it, ever you had a teacher that before they taught, they said, listen, is everybody with me on this? I mean, is everyone feeling good? So, you see, how dangerous are you to have the facts and the figures if you're not emotionally well? You're a dangerous person to yourself and to others. For someone to... Be in a father's position, have someone looking at them, and you're a teacher, but they're looking at you, father, and you're giving them facts and figures, and you're not concerned. Are they ready to hear this emotionally? You see, in that scripture we just read, it said, I am writing this not to shame you. What did he address first? The emotions. Here's how what a teacher would say, hey, do it, stop it now. Here's why I'm writing you, to get you fixed, to get you straight. I'm writing you right now so that you're not incorrect in what you're saying. That's not a father. Father, let me put this in front of you. I'm not, I'm not disciplining you right now to hurt you. To shame you. Let me tell you, there's shame. I could do a whole teaching on shame. I have in the past. Shame is a hard thing to shake. 
When you think you have failed your father. When you have failed in front of a group of people that you love or love you. A shame comes on you and you can go to the cross and go to the cross and go to the cross. Jesus forgives you, but shame is inside of you. People who are shamed are the ones that have the most difficult time receiving forgiveness of their heavenly father. And Paul addresses this right off as a spiritual father. I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm not doing this. I want to warn. I want to protect you. Doesn't that sound like a father? That sounds like a father. He gives the instruction, but not until he knows that his child can emotionally handle it. There's a correct time to bring that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, there are just people who are absolutely gifted teachers, and they don't get this. One of the small group questions is, did you have a father or did you have a teacher growing up? Because it may affect the way that you deal, not just with your natural children, but people who are coming to you, and they may consider you their spiritual example, their spiritual father. And as a father, we have a responsibility before we just give them the truth, go read the word, go do this. We have a responsibility. Are they emotionally able to receive the truth. Because one of the things that when, when God, the Holy Spirit comes and gives you truth, it's smackdown. A lot of times it's just smackdown. You're in sin. What you're doing and the way you were raised, you've got to be able to admit, you know, I was wrong. My parents were wrong. They taught me wrong. It's a smackdown. And you need to have in emotional healing, to be strong enough to receive such correction. As spiritual fathers, that is the position that we've been placed, that we need to grow into. Well, teachers want their students to be as knowledgeable as they are in a subject. That, that's what it is to be a teacher. You know, I, I, it's, it's my job to teach them this. That is your job. And like I said, there are many. Here's the difference. And this is big. Fathers want their children to be more successful than they are in life. That's this is that moment. Have you, have you ever noticed that sometimes it seems like their fathers are in competition with their kids? That there comes a place where I've just got to realize, you know what? It's about making my kids successful. Now, they're going to be successful if they, if, if they have gleaned and learned from what they saw and lived with me, not what I just taught them, but what they see that I taught and they see it in me. 
They see an example of it. And that it is not about me. There comes a place as a father, you know, when you're a father of a two-year-old, the way you father a two-year-old is not the way you're going to father that same child in three more years. You change because the needs of that child is different. Guess what? When I have an 18-year-old child, I father differently. As Actually, at the age of 11, you stop being a direct influence. You know, you can tell, you can tell someone under 11, sit there and don't get up. And if they get up, you can spank them. Well, after 11, that gets a little talk. It gets a little more difficult, especially if they're bigger than you. But by the time they're 18, the only thing you have is them remembering how dad did this when he went through it. When they're 20, you got to get to the place a father has to come to the place. It's no longer about me. It's about them. And that can they truly stand on my shoulders and glean from what they saw. So father realizes and and there's a he's comfortable with. You see, you're not in competition. You need to be comfortable with realizing you're pushing them, the next generation, beyond you. They don't. Hopefully they don't have to learn again what it took you 65 years to learn. They got to be comfortable. Well, an example of this, a teacher's greatest accomplishment would be something related to their career. Oh, I've taught for this many years. I taught at some of the, you know, I've been at some of the biggest churches. And I, I've, I've had this. The greatest, a father's greatest accomplishment would be having their children more successful than him. I'm here to tell you my greatest accomplishment. Okay, I'm the father, as Pete said, it's the father of the church. I should have come up with a walker. But, uh, when he goes, oh, we're going to, we want to, uh, when he said, and he introduced me, I'm thinking, who's he talking about? <laughs> who's that old? And then if I had a mirror, I'm going, oh, I know. Um, and I'm going to get through this. My greatest accomplishment, my kids. They're my kids. They all serve serving in this church and in powerful ways. Just they, they are key, some are key speakers. Oh, Jared led the worship. That's my greatest accomplishment. I'm not in competition with them. I, I'm delighted that they're going to go far beyond me in anything that I did. That's my goal. My greatest accomplishment. Regardless where you're at, it's not over. This church, although we're trying to fill up the nursery with natural children, I just want you to know that... Paul was Timothy's spiritual father, and he's telling the Corinthians here, he goes, and you're my spiritual children. 
for a reason. We're going to get to that reason. If there is some bumps in the past, today that's why we want to receive a healing. I'm not saying this is Paul. I'm not doing this to shame anyone. What we need to be is we need to be a church that receives healing and gets and sends out fathers. Spiritual fathers. Natural fathers. That, you know, it's not about how big your cell is, how this... It's about what children you've made more successful than you. Spiritually. In their business, in their families. It's just a, a, a father is going to pay the price to create the next momentum and inheritance for the next generation. That's the spirit of a father. And you can't learn this through discipline. Like that's a teacher, like a teacher. You can't learn this through a teacher. You can't pick up a book and go, oh, that's it. Because you've got to catch the spirit of it by seeing it. You have to see this to get it in you. So how do we learn it? If you did have an example, you didn't have an example. How do you pick the spirit up? Well, Paul makes it very clear. Verse 15. Verse 15. Even if you had 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Now here it is. See it? For in who? I have become your father through the See, it's not until you have experienced an unconditional love from your heavenly Father through the gospel, through the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, until you experience, you can't pick that spirit up. Until you realize you are not number one. You pick this up when you have received forgiveness and an unconditional love that you can't get away from. And my response is what? To become a spiritual father. I have learned this through that. For in Christ I have become your father through the gospel because of what you have received by the Spirit of God. That's the healing. That's the beginning. I've heard too many people say, you know, they forfeit their responsibility. Well, I didn't have a father to show me. You know, as the scripture says, you know, you being bad fathers, you can give good, give good gifts. But once you experience a heavenly father, are we still here? And after they goes, therefore, I urge you. That's a father again. What would a teacher do? This is it. There's no other answer. This is the only answer. A, fa a father goes, this is the answer. I urge you to do it. You're not going to fail a test if you don't do it today or do it tomorrow. A teacher, there's a test. You get it or you don't. 
Fathers, I'm urging you. You know what? There's a force. A, 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 a teacher is, this is the way, this is you do it. You, you write these answers down. A father, you know what a father does? Father, father has a gentle hand in the small of your back. And you really don't notice that something's pushing you along and helping turn you so that you can learn it for yourself. You see, when you learn it for yourself, it is your truth. I don't want you to serve the, the, the God that, that's my God. I want you to discover the God for yourself. And that takes a father's hand to gently turn him or her to see that. Teacher, this is the right God. This is the only God. A father turns him so a child can experience it for themselves. Once you've, once you've experienced the truth, no one can steal it from you. But if you're living the truth of a, 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 your dad, your parents, you can find a great teacher that can out-argue the reasoning. That's the spirit of a father. It's interesting that in the scriptures, Proverbs says, train up a child and the way he should go. It doesn't say train up a, a, a child or a spiritual child and the way that builds you up or gives you glory. A teacher is successful when you have got a following of people who believe what you believe or have you know, obtain the knowledge. A father says, you know what? I can see into your spirit, and I'm not going to train you in a way that I want you to go. I am going to train you in the way that you need to go because I know your spirit. I know your emotional strengths, your emotional weaknesses. You know, well, my son's a doctor, and he hates his profession, and he's lost his marriage. But he's a doctor. I got in there. He emotionally can't be that. A father could have seen it. A father could have seen that. Train up a child the way he should go. Father. The Apostle Paul said, as we read, said, you have, you can have 10,000 teachers. Have you noticed how easy it is to tell somebody, you know, how they should live? As a teacher, it's pretty easy. Like, you know, here's what you should do. You know, a teacher says, here's the truth, take it or leave it. But a father has an investment in his sons and his daughters. Hey, it's going to work. And if it doesn't, I'm here. I'm here. Take that risk. I'm here. Call me if you get cold feet. Have you ever graduated from something and called the teacher 10 years later saying, hey, you know, could you help me? It's 10 o'clock at night. It ain't going to happen, is it? But you can call a father. You can call a father. 
Hey, Dad, can I spend some time with you? Of course. I have an investment in you. My investment is that you're going to be more successful emotionally, spiritually, financially than me. What do you need? Teachers teach what they know and have experienced. That's a good thing. I mean, for, for, let me just stop again. This, I'm not coming down on any teachers. I am not telling. We need great teachers in the church. We do. But even today, I think sometimes the teacher is getting elevated over the father. A teacher has his own place. They're two different positions. Fathers live what they are teaching you. As I said before, is an ever-present spirit. Those of you whose father has gone on, can you still hear his voice? Do you still say, I remember what dad used to say. I remember when dad would do this. That's not how we refer to teachers. I'm not saying teachers are bad. But my heart breaks for those of you who have never been touched. By someone who can walk in the house just like Jesus did. He goes, peace, be still. And it is. How the father can come home and the kids are running wild. Daddy's home. And it settles it. And if it doesn't, everybody gets us pegging. <laughs> And my heart breaks for those who didn't have that growing up. You were just either a wild thing running the streets. Maybe you didn't have a father at all, or the pressure was all on a mother who was raising you. <clears throat> That's why the only way you can get this is by surrendering to a heavenly father that loves you. That loves you. And he's invested his son so that you can see him as a father. He's made a huge investment. So, This kind of explains what a father is, what, why Paul can say, he can say this because of the relationship that he has with Timothy. 
Let me get to that scripture. Well, it's not there. Somehow, let me read, let me read 2 Timothy to you. 2 Timothy, this is Paul, said, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kinds of things that happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. And what is he saying? He goes, you saw it. You saw how difficult it was. You saw when I fought with your mother and your mother had a disagreement, and we settled it. God came through for our marriage. God came through for this situation. Timothy, you were there and you saw it. Now I'm sending you to go imitate me. Because you saw it. You weren't just taught it. Now, did he learn? Yeah, he learned it. He learned it because he saw it. Go imitate me. Now we can go to small groups. So it comes down to this. And I know that most of our congregation right now is at home. Don't, don't just play this off at the end of the message. Here's where we're at. Do you need a healing? Do you need to be healed? Do you need to get rid of that? Well, my dad didn't do this for me. The healing comes from receiving what investment Jesus has in you. He sent his son to die. And suffer on a cross. He being the perfect father. If you've received that in the past. If you need to receive it again today. It is not the. That's not the end of the message. The end of the message is. When you receive your healing. Go and do it for others. Be that spiritual father. How's their emotional health before you have to give them a warning? Have you given truth to people who emotionally can't handle it? Is that our fix-all? Well, I've just gave them the truth. They should know what to do. What else can I do than give them the truth? Protect their emotional being. Heal that. We pick up this spirit from seeing how the Father loved us through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if everyone in the congregation, if you could just stand up with me. You know who you are. You know what the Holy Spirit, what point the Holy Spirit wanted to make with you today. The Bible tells us it's great to be a teacher. Try to be a teacher. Learn to be a teacher. But the church isn't going to live on that alone. Where's the fathers? Who wants to become that father? Who wants to open themselves up? Say, you know, if someone comes to me, and I can see 
something in them that they may not see themselves. You're picking up the spirit of father. You're getting a responsibility. You're finding a calling. It's time to invest. How do you heal their emotional problem? Their situation. It's by, you know, you expose it. You just can't go in there and, you know, physically do it. You have to emotionally do it, spiritually do it. The church needs fathers, spiritual fathers. Great spiritual grandfathers. Say, come, spend time with me. Come on over. I mean, I have an investment in that person. It's not about me. It's about the next generation. The next generation. There's something about movement. And I know we're social distancing. And I'm not asking that if you agree with me. I want something to change in you because you made the slightest motion. And I don't care if I don't care if you're 18 years old, 16 years old. Would you? It's like taking an oath. You're like you're going to make me a deputy. Open yourself up to receiving a, the spirit of a spiritual father. If you raise your hand to the Lord, just say, Lord, I'm ready. Build in me what it takes to be a spiritual father. That it's no longer about me, but about them. I'm about the success of the next generation of men and women. I'm a protector. I'm a visionary now. Give me your spirit. Increase your spirit upon me. I would have the patience, the forgiving love for that person, that I can see them as you see them, not their failures, not how much they've hurt me, but I need to see them the way you see them through the cross. They're forgiven, their, their potential. Thank you, Father, for, the, for these new spiritual fathers and natural fathers. That the church is going to be even healthier in this generation to come. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.